Any feedback you guys have had from yesterday that we want to just kind of address quickly before we go into the um, tonight's um, discussion and presentation? Oh yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I was reading through some of the comments. Um, please forgive me if it came across like um, the deacon never had a second chance. That's not what I was trying to say or the point that I was trying to argue. Um, well, not argue, but trying to say, I think what I was trying to say, and maybe, well, not maybe, I wasn't very articulate, was that um, sometimes when you do something, it's not always the case that you can just go back to the place where you were. Sometimes you can during, through the process of time, but sometimes you can't. That's what I was trying to say. Shout out to Leon for raising that point. Thank you. Just to add that we'll be keeping an eye on the comments a bit more tonight. So if you are commenting live, then we'll see them. I'm reading the comments. Who's that handsome guy in the Team Abadan t-shirt? He's just, just ele elevated this. <laughs> he, he just <laughs> elevated this video with his awesomeness. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I wonder who that. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know. I didn't even know who it was. But you know, I want to say thank you for the support, my beautiful wife, Natalie Simon. There. Oh, and that's sweet. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you but did you see how I panicked there when I didn't know you who did? it was? <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm married. Just in the chair. <laughs> <laughs>
when somebody's there, they're inviting you into something else, inviting you, you could say, into relationship, but inviting you into something new. So that's one thing that that is uh, that comes to mind when I'm thinking about arms wide open. The next thing is that when your arms are open, it's quite a vulnerable stance as well. You could very well be rejected. It's vulnerable because all of your vital organs, they are open. And it's something, like I said, you could be rejected when your arms are open. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. The third thing is that when you are standing with your arms open and you're going to give somebody a hug, somebody an embrace, your hands are also free from anything as well. So what you're not doing is you're not attacking the other person behind their back with, with anything, metaphorically. But also your hands are open because you're not attacking yourself, let me put it that way. Because sometimes we think that forgiveness is for the benefit of the other person. But is that actually true? And maybe that's something that we can explore this evening. Is forgiveness all about the other person, all about the person that you think needs to be forgiven? Or is it about us as well? In fact, let me just share this. Um, I heard it said once that forgiveness is like drinking, no, not being unforgiving, I should say. Being unforgiven is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. That's what it's like when we're being unforgiving because being unforgiving actually affects us potentially more than it affects the other person. And you know, the American Journal of Psychology, it talks about that as well. And it talks about how it can, it can affect, affect us inside as well. So arms wide open, that's what we're talking about today. We're really looking at forgiveness. But the question is, is forgiveness easy? Is it easy to forgive? Again, it's another question we can look at today. And we did look at it a little bit yesterday as well. Another thing that we need to re recognize is that forgiveness is not excusing somebody's behavior. And sometimes we can see those things as synonymous. If someone comes to us and says, sorry, Often I've heard it said, oh, it doesn't matter, when actually perhaps it's something quite painful that has occurred and maybe we should be saying something more like, I forgive you rather than what you have done doesn't matter. So I just wanted to, to look at those things as well. But today the story that we were looking at, the biblical story that we were looking at is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. And so Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is in that situation where he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go through the actions of forgiving other people. Let me put it another way. He says to God, take this cup from me. That says to me that emotionally he doesn't necessarily want to do it. But then he says, nevertheless, to God, your will be done. In other words, he's willing to let principle guide his emotions with respect to the whole process of the beginning of forgiveness. And how often do we do that? And how often do we do the opposite and let our emotions uh, come to the fore rather than our principles? With that in mind, could, some, could we read together Luke? There was a Bible verse in Luke that was mentioned in the week of prayer reading. And could someone read it for me? Luke 23, but can we read from verse 32? to 34 not just so luke 23 verses 32 to 34 
Okay, it says <clears throat> Luke, 30, Luke 32 verses 32 to 34. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it reads, two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. That's right. Keep going. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. Now, I find that really quite interesting. So Jesus is on the cross. He's done nothing wrong. And then other people are doing things which are wrong in that context. And what does Jesus do, even though he's done nothing wrong? He's being crucified. He's the one in pain. He's the one who is sinless. And yet he is saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So it seems to me that God is doing something incredible in this particular situation. He's offering forgiveness to those who were there, whether they accept it or not. So he's offering something. And I think that's really point pertinent when we go, go to the title, when we look at the title of today, which is Arms Wide Open. He's offering something, but just because you offer something, does that mean that another person will take it? So as we're looking at Arms Wide Open, we're really looking at what is our responsibility in terms of this whole, uh, this whole thing of forgiveness and reconciliation. And as we're doing this, let's read one more Bible verse, and then I'm going to ask a question. And it's 2 Corinthians 5.21. So it's a part of our text for the week. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who need no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And it's really an extension of what we were reading in Luke, that that Jesus, as he was dying on the cross, he is making something available to us. And we're looking at forgiveness here, but he's talking about not only forgiveness, but reconciliation. Moving on, this is the question that I want to ask, um, ask you. Question slash statement. Let's think about this. Sometimes we, just because we forgive someone, yeah. we may not forgive someone, but does that mean that they are not going to be saved? Say again, please, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, someone has done something to us, that, and they, and so we have forgiven, we, we refuse to forgive them. We're not going to forgive them. What they did was too bad to us. So we're, we're not going to offer those arms wide open to them. Does that mean that that person is not going to be saved? No. Mm. So then what's forgiveness all about then? I think us forgiving and asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness is, is to do with our own salvation. Like if somebody, you mean if someone wants forgiveness and we don't forgive them, it's not like we can hold their salvation in our hands. Mm. We, we yeah. have responsibility for our own salvation. They wanted to get forgiveness from us. We, 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 we're not willing to give it. It's not like we, we hold the keys to their life and death. Um, us refusing to forgive them holds us in chains, not them. And I think that's very, a very important point. Who is it holding in chains? It's holding us in chains, which, which tells me that our forgiveness, there is a difference in that respect between our forgiveness and the forgiveness that we give to other people and God's forgiveness. Sure. 
And I just wanted us to just really wrestle with that. But how does that make you feel? Are we all fine with that? Do we struggle with that? How does it make us feel? Apathy. <laughs> <laughs> what specifically? In, yeah. Mm. Do you think, well, that's fair enough and I can cognitively and logically get my head around that? Or do we, do we in our heart of hearts, do we think, mm, but that person's done so much wrong to me. Of course, I, don't, I feel very uncomfortable with that particular statement. I just wondered, that's all. The fact that God's forgiveness is distinct from my forgiveness towards that person. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we might be, we might want to hold something over someone to the extent of their salvation if it was really bad. Maybe you might want to feel that way. Um, but the fact is that it's more about our human relationships here on earth and our experience here that God's concerned about, but it's not then what's weighing someone's soul in the balance. Ultimately, they're reconciled to God, but not to you. Then hopefully both of you will see each other in heaven. Mm. I, I think... I think holding that unforgiveness really does have an impact on our own relationships with other people, not just with that individual. I think it begins to weigh us down. So although we, we don't have the power or the control to say where someone goes, whether or not they'll make it to heaven, I think our own salvation should be our concern in terms of forgiving other people and thinking about what it does to our relationships, our interactions with other people change oftentimes as a result of harboring unforgiveness. Mm. Very good point. Yeah, and, and you, you've got to be careful as well, um, I guess. I remember being in a Sabbath school. I won't say where. Was it with a deacon? No, 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 no. no. There were no, there were no, um, there were no deacons involved in this one. I was in a Sabbath school and the elderly person, and the person was talking about something that happened years ago in Jamaica. And then she said, I can never forgive them. And it's always kind of just struck me um, that, you know, it, the, the calling to forgive is a, is, a, is a, I'm not saying it's an easy calling, but it's a calling. Hmm. And, um, Give us, uh, you know, our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. I mean, that thing is heavy when you when you look at it. Mm. And um, I just don't think you want to put yourself in a position where someone's got that kind of power over you. Mm. Though yeah. that that's where where years down the line, like decades down the line, this person still has something over you. I think definitely. Forgiveness is definitely it's healthy for your own mental health, for your own sanity. Mm. Um, it's definitely a process that I think people need to need to go through. Mm. And um, sometimes looking at forgiveness from this side, it can look like something that you can't find. Feel like looking at forgiveness from the side when you're given, it's I think it's a mountain that you realize is worth climbing. Mm. Um, but maybe you don't see that from this side, if that makes sense. I don't know if that, mm. that metaphor makes sense. Um, I think, yeah. I think the example of Jesus on the cross is, 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 
is so powerful for us as as individuals today because as Derek uh, pointed out, he's on the cross, he's he's dying there, and he's offering forgiveness to everybody. But and I think just to kind of pivot, like on which side of the coin are we looking at to pivot back again? Jesus is there offering forgiveness that he doesn't even know if his forgiveness, the, the offer is going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, have any of us been in a situation where we're willing to forgive someone and, and, and offer forgiveness to someone, but they don't want it? Mm. They don't want to acknowledge what they've done. Yeah, That's... that, like they, <laughs> they've done something, they need to be forgiven and you're willing to forgive them, but they, they don't want to be forgiven or they don't even think they, they need forgiveness. And how do we act then? Like someone's done wrong. We ought to, we, we want to forgive them. We're willing to forgive them. And yet they just live in their life. I think think it's really hard because (laughs) that aspect of someone, when Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's like almost the extent of the hurt or the damage that's being caused by their action. They don't, they can't even compute that or or understand I think that that happens in our human relationships where someone can do us wrong but they don't know like the depth of hurt that it may have caused or Mm. the repercussions or the consequences for their action but Jesus's example says that we're called to forgive even when that isn't fully understood by the other person sometimes we really want to go to great lengths to cause the offending person to, to understand exactly what they did and how it affected us in this way Jesus is saying just forgive like just blanket no caveats so moving on from there what if the person doesn't care about how much damage that they've caused because it's one thing not knowing but somebody may know and then may not care how do we then treat that individual Mm. that sometimes makes it even harder like they want to forgive they don't want forgiveness but then they live a life where they don't even care yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, that, and, and that's what I'm saying. You can be left as an emotional wreck in pieces on the floor, and that person is living their best life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why forgiveness, I think, is so key mm-hmm. for, 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 for yourself, for, for, the, for, for the person, perhaps. Um, it's just so key for, for your own mental health so that you can pick up the pieces of your life and, and, and move on, whatever, mm. whatever it is that's been done. And it's I, not even your own mental health, it's your own physical health as well, because it mm. has a, a bad impact on your physical health too. Mm. And so yeah. when, we, when we are forgiving others, there is an aspect that it is about ourselves. It's about ensuring that our mental health is good, our physical health is good. It's about letting go and not allowing guilt or all of those anxieties weigh us down, because that's mm. a really negative thing. Mm. Mm. Let me throw another question in the mix, kind of on this thing about people forgiven, people not often forgiven it isn't accepted. But and this is kind of very similar, but what's it like to forgive? I think this is a big one. What's it like to forgive when you know the person isn't sorry? But they come to you and they are, all right, sorry. So like they go through the motion, you know, sometimes when you're kids, your parents like, you know, go say sorry. Uh, And so, you know, sorry, you know, but like, 
they go through the motion they come to and they they apologize for something but you can tell by the well you you assume by or you think by the tone of their voice or their bodily language while they're saying it they're not even sorry mm. rage wow <laughs> like like you're in the workplace and someone sends you an, like one of those formal apology emails but when you see them, you, you know that situation was as it was prior to the email. You know the word. Okay. I'm sorry you felt that way. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry you felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> like, like that's nice. <laughs> I'm sorry that this is how you're feeling. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, like it's they throw it on you, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's so personal, though. I I feel like we have to have a depth of relationship with God ourselves mm. in order to acknowledge that this forgiveness that we extend to people, whether they receive it or accept it or not, is it's not so much about the other person. It's about us and our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we're choosing to not forgive other people, it's hurting our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Can I just draw our attention to scripture for a moment? Please. It's in um, Colossians chapter three. And it's verse 12 and 13. I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. It reads, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and give anyone and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I don't think that's a light thing. I think daily even. I, I'm on the offense. I offend God daily. And if I am reminded and think about how God forgives me mm. and then that challenge to extend that to other people, whether they receive it or not, it's not really about them. It's about me and God mm. True. at the end of it. Mm. Thank you. Appreciate that. We got a comment that just came in from Alex Brown. Um, or No, question. How do we know when we... How to say? How do we know when we have truly forgiven someone? Hmm. That's a question. <laughs> Throwing it back to us, like, mm. like we're talking about the other person going through the motions, but is it possible for us in in forgiving someone to go through motions as well? How do we know that we've actually truly forgiven someone? Those ones where you've told your friends you've forgiven them, but then when you <laughs> see them, the beef's on. <laughs> Not physical, but. What, that, those low-key side-eyes. Mm. But what if it's like, what if the feelings are what we have to wrestle against, but the forgiveness mm. is a choice? Mm. So I've decided to forgive you because I know it's right and I made a decision, like a rational one. Like, I forgive you for what you've done. I've, I know why I've done that, etc. Maybe we haven't communicated that, but I made that decision. So now when I see you, like my flesh perhaps responds with that emotion. Like I'm tempted to to give you the side eye like I'm tempted to maybe be like to my friend like oh there she is or whatever it is but my choice is to forgive so I push back against that that feeling and I remember I've chosen to forgive that person I feel like oftentimes it's like we said yesterday a journey of forgiveness and the point comes where actually now I hold no malice in my heart there's you you your face doesn't evoke that emotion mm. of side eye in me mm -hmm. and actually like it's completely fine but so that stage for me, in answer to Alex's question, is um, 
on one side it's the day one rational rational response of I've forgiven but then also at some point when there's just literally no sentiment that no bad sentiment that arises within me towards that person mm. yeah just to add to that um it it goes on from having not just no bad sentiment towards that person it's actually wanting good things for that person too mm. yeah and that's really where the challenge is because mm. often we don't want good things for that person I've forgiven you but I hope that dot 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 you fill in the gaps <laughs> yeah saying, i've forgiven you but i want you to have good things in your life too yeah and that's where god wants to bring us to yeah and All i right, think when... oh. oh say your point okay. Go on. okay i was going to say when we were talking about what forgiveness is it's cancelling somebody else's debt i think if you're seeing someone and you're still feeling some type of a way and not wishing them the best that is being revengeful that's your own sort of revenge towards that person wishing the worst upon them so I think when you do see them and you're not, or even when you speak to them and you're able to celebrate and wish them well, it shows that you have forgiven them. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. I want to switch now to the poll that we put out today. Appreciate those people who connected with us on Instagram. Every day we're going to be putting out a poll or not always a poll. It may be a question where we're looking for uh, the, the answers to that question so sometimes it's a yes or no some days it's just going to be a question today the question that we put out was do you have to forgive and reconcile we kind of um we touched on this yesterday so we're kind of looking at this in a little bit more detail i guess going along with today's arms wide open do you have to forgive and reconcile and 43 percent said yes but 57 57 said no wow. you don't have to forgive and reconcile so I assume that those who said no mean you just have to do one or the other. And so, interesting, interesting. Mm. Yesterday it was like 80, 88 and 12. Today it's like 43 and 57. And some what of the, the answers... Yesterday? Yesterday's was... Do, 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 can you forgive and not reconcile? So today is kind of just <laughs> in reverse. And it's interesting. <laughs> um, like, can you forgive and not reconcile? And 80, 88% said, yes, you can forgive and not reconcile. Do you have to forgive and reconcile today? Mm. And the percentage is much lower. So some of the, 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 the points that we got or the, the comments that came in with that were, let me just pull some of these up. Um, I feel that the world, quote unquote, understands forgiveness, but Jesus would ask us to go that step further. Um, mm. that, uh, as believers, we're supposed to do more than what you know people that mm. don't know Jesus would do. Mm. Um, another person said, "You can try to reconcile, but you can't control the other person." True. So you forgive, you can try and reconcile, but the same, you know, same thing here. We talk about if someone's not really sorry, you can't control the other person. So our actions and our our response is key. Um, another person said, "Forgiveness is single-sided and unconditional." Reconciliation is not. Okay. Mm. Interesting one. Mm. Another person said, Recon yes, reconciliation, however, may take time, but it will be worth it in the end. I remember listening to a then, story. Oh. Okay, carry on. Then I'll give a few more responses after you. I remember listening to a story um of 
someone who survived the Holocaust. I forget the guy's name. And um, he was given an experience of when he was in um, he was in isolation where they were keeping all the Jews. And a German soldier, a, a lady dragged him out from the, from the queue where, the, where he was standing in um, and dragged him into this room where there was a German soldier um, lying, and he said, was on, his, on his deathbed. And he was bandaged up, wounded up. And um, she put his hand, the Jew's hand, in the German soldier's hand and said, and the soldier asked, is this a Jew? And she said, yes. And then the soldier started recounting all the atrocities that he's been part of with regards to Jews. And then he asked the, the person the question, the, the survivor of the Holocaust, the question, can you forgive me? And the survivor of the Holocaust said he threw the German shoulders hand down and said, there are some things so big that only God can do. Wow. And um, when you think about reconciliation, um, and I guess, when I just think about my own self, man, like what do you do with your guilt? When, so I'm just thinking about this question on the flip side. What do you do with your guilt when you know that reconciliation probably isn't gonna be the route that this thing's taking? Um, I feel like you need God for that. Um, somebody help me out because I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Melissa, I see you're about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking what, whose guilt? The guilt of the person who hasn't forgiven? No, no, no. So say that the, the, the German soldier, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything with regards to the, the person, the, the okay. Holocaust person. I'm saying the, 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 the German soldier. Seeking forgiveness. He's seeking forgiveness in that mm -hmm. situation there. Mm -hmm. What does he do with that? Did he, how does he, I was reading the story and I was oh, sorry, I was listening to the story and I just thought, man, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Mm. In terms of forgiveness and oh. reconciliation, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't, I don't think, sometimes it's easy to give clear cut, cookie cutter answers. Mm. Um, but th there are some real life situations that take place where it's a tough one. Mm. I just got a, I don't know if this is going to... I just got a, a comment that someone messaged me privately just now. I mm. um, asked if I could share it. They said I could. Um, it says, I know someone who was abused by her stepdad. And five years later, she met with him, mm. forgave him, and asked why he did it. And then he explained that he was abused as a child, cried, and cried because he was forgiven. The reading it says she went out of her way, but instead of feeling hate as she had done in the past, she, she felt sorry and prayed for him, and a mm. weight was lifted from her as Christ gave her the power to forgive. Mm. I know we're going to unpack this a little bit more next week on one of the days when it talks about forgiving in hard situations, but I appreciate that. And I, I know every situation is different, but I appreciate that person sending that message in. Mm. It's, 
yeah praise the lord you know yeah and Amen. i think i think that is very brave of that person to to send that in mm. um one thing that i would say is that as you said sometimes you want cookie cutter answers mm. and we don't always get them because mm. there are those situations where people are not sorry for what they've done and in those situations we need to be protecting those people who are vulnerable protecting those and mm. giving the, giving people the opportunity and resources to be able to protect themselves as well mm. people are can be manipulative people can be people can earlier on pastor ramdan you were talking about what what if somebody comes up and says oh you know what i'm sorry and you know that they're not sorry in that case we need to have healthy boundaries with that individual because you don't want to be hurt you don't want that person who is in a position of vulnerability to be hurt and so there are a, a number of things that we need to take into consideration when we're talking about this yeah. it's a very difficult situation that we're talking about right now but we just need to be mindful that there are people who are going through that as well mm-hmm. and we don't want to ostracize them we don't want to say well you have to go into this situation no and, of course of course yeah mm-hmm. because they could be putting themselves in a very difficult mm-hmm. and perhaps reoffending situation so Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to sam to sam's point i was thinking about um from the text that um pastor simon read at the beginning of christ mm. the jews response like there's some things that require god to forgive like to ask one person to forgive on behalf of a whole race of people who've experienced mm. this injustice yeah, yeah. it was it's, it's a lot perhaps even it's too much but yeah, yeah. what christ does is that he allows us to come with our individual sins but no matter the size or the the scale of mm. genocide or of holocaust mm. or you know of generational abuse um no matter how long that um has has gone on for sustained all the different evils that we experience in our world mm. it's amazing then to think that sin that that one man committed is is um huge in my mind that was just one man in all of history in addition to that, the weight of the world's sin was then put on the, the shoulders of Christ to bear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that and God said that I can bear that sin. Like I can, that's that massive size of sin, the, the depth and the length, all the evils in the world, I can bear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he makes available to us. When I come with my sin, I can come with confidence that he, his, his back was broad enough to bear it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Melissa. That's very good. Thank you. Um, what I, I really liked what Melissa said earlier on in answer to Alex's question. It's been going through my head. Um, so it's almost like you're forgiving by faith. Mm. Um, and you know how you have to die to self daily? Mm. There might be some stuff that you need to die to daily. And every day you make a fresh choice to say, this is what I'm on today. Mm. And it might flop today. But when I wake up in the morning, this is what I'm on today. Mm. And um, through the process of time, I believe that God changes people through the process of time and can allow you to experience emotions and ways of looking at situations that, that, that maybe you can't look at right now in that mm. way. But, but God can change you through the process of time. And in cases, he can change you right now, not even through the process of time. I think God's able to do that. Mm. We just had a comment that came in on on the online, and I think people are really grappling with this, and I think we grapple with it too. But I, I've noticed how the amount of times they come up, and um, 
similar to yesterday, you know, when Christ forgives us, he doesn't hold it against us, but forgets. How does this work with maintaining new barriers with people? Mm. Lisa, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I can see that and I can feel it. <laughs> give, give us a word, expert. <laughs> Pastor Ramden, could you please repeat the question again? An interesting thought someone once shared, when Christ forgives us, he doesn't hold it against us, but he forgets. So how does this work with maintaining new barriers with people? Maintaining new barriers. So, I think that, you know, like when Christ forgives us, he forgets it's a clean slate. But when we, like, when we forgive others, we've mentioned that sometimes there's a need for barriers or boundaries. How does that work and how does that correlate to et cetera? <laughs> That question's to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, if, when you look at the example of Christ um, and you see how he carried on with, I think I said this yesterday, mm. we say Mary, Martha and Lazarus. But then you see how he operated around the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You see that his interactions with those guys was perhaps different to his interaction with Mary, Martha, Lazarus, with his disciples. They just had different interactions. Not because um, Jesus didn't necessarily want to be close to the Pharisees and Sadducees, but that's just how the Pharisees and Sadducees were acting towards him. Mm. So that made him so, you know, like, and I guess Jesus dealt with people on, on, on different ways. Um, I think, I think it's in this story, actually. Is it in this story? Yeah, I think it's in this reading. Um, imagine when Judas comes and kisses Jesus on the face. Is that today's? Yeah, yeah. Judas is today's. Yeah. Imagine Judas comes and kisses Jesus on the face. I guess probably a question was, I mean, I know I've just pivoted completely. Um... How do you deal with betrayal? Like when it's someone close to you like that and they're betraying you with a kiss. Mm. I think maybe to kind of answer this, but also someone on the comments did answer the question I just asked and okay. at least their answer was this, but I think it does, it does relate somewhat to what you're saying. Annette just wrote this in that Christ has the power to change people. We don't. Mm. Hey, I see what happened there. So, so we need barriers and boundaries to protect ourselves. So in that sense, the, the forgiveness that Christ gives us, where he like, I forgive you, clean slate, start from scratch, da, 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 is different to say the forgiveness we, we may have with someone else because we don't have the power to change them. Mm. And we may need barriers and boundaries to protect ourselves in the relationship moving forward. Mm. And Jesus always requires a change of behavior. Like there's a go and sin no more kind of uh, attitude that we have, that he has with the people that he, he heals or restores. We can't really dictate that <laughs> from, from other people. In fact, that's how we ended a, a conversation on reconciliation. It might not end so well. Um, so I would agree with the comment that we have to then put in boundaries, hoping that the person changes their behavior. Um, in the case of Judas, Jesus knew what was going to happen next, that betrayal was going to lead to his death. Um, and Judas followed all the way through with his commitment um, mm. to, to doing that. 
um, even after Jesus had washed his feet, um, yeah. he still went all that way and betrayed Christ um, without, mm. as far as we know, coming back to him. Um, and that mm. contrasts with Peter, who, um, when he was kind of caught in his betrayal, he was then sorrowful and remorseful and then turned his life around. So I guess we have two different pictures of what, ha- what can happen next when someone's faced with the opportunity for forgiveness or faced with the consequence of their actions. Do they choose then to, to have a completely different direction in life or do they choose to commit like mm. this is me? That's a good point, yeah. Did we answer the question? <laughs> what, what was your question again, Sam? You remember? Oh, about betrayal. Betrayal. Like, how, how do you respond to betrayal? Um, what's easier to forgive? Is it easier to forgive somebody who you don't know, or is it easier to forgive somebody who you do know? This is along the, sure. lines, of, this is along the lines of betrayal with Jesus and Judas, right? That's what, yeah, yeah. Mm. So is it easier to forgive someone that you do know as opposed to someone you don't know? Mm. Oh, I think people that we do know can sometimes hurt us more because the relationship's more, there's more invested in it. Mm. Someone that we don't know, it's, yeah, they, they said something, whatever, you know, mm. sometimes, sometimes, at least that's how, how I would see it. So in some ways it's okay. easier, but it may be harder because the pain's deeper. I think if you know someone as well like you've invited them into your life like you've basically opened up your arms and welcomed them to your vulnerabilities if they're a real part of your life and I think there's a, a depth to the relationship and you expect better from them so I think when they when they betray you it's a little bit more painful because that's not what you're expecting from them. Otherwise, you perhaps wouldn't have welcomed them into your life. Definitely. So going back to the betrayal, why is it that be- betrayal hurts so much, whether it's someone we know or we don't know? I guess you had certain expectations. You had certain assumptions about a person's intentions. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it just worked out. <laughs> and um, what does betrayal? What does betrayal mean? Like, mm. in what ways can we be betrayed now? Just before we get onto that, in my mind, betrayal is a violation of trust. Mm. When trust is broken, it, it hurts because as was said before, there's an expectation. There's an expectation that you will keep trust, you will keep confidence that you that you will not betray me. And once that is broken, it can be very difficult to get back onto the same track. So the more mm-hmm. the closer the person is to you, the more that you've invested trust into them, perhaps the more that it hurts. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, perhaps, and this isn't this isn't a general statement, but then perhaps it is difficult to forgive that person because as been said. Um, you've let them into a part of your life and you become incredibly vulnerable to that person. And they have, mm. and what they have done is they have betrayed your trust, as it were. Mm. Is it- uh, recently, recently a, f- a friend was telling me, um, and I'm trying to be very, very, um, very careful, careful. <laughs> tread softly, tread softly. 
Tread softly, tread softly. So I'm getting softly. So I'm going to do the, the devotional. Well. <laughs> Meditational. <laughs> Go on. So I'm treading softly. He was saying he was in a situation where he felt like a, a, a person, he invested a lot of energy into this person. And um, whatever had happened. And he said, he, one of the things that helped him get through that was thinking about what Jesus Christ had invested into him mm. and how sometimes he just completely just done whatever. Um, despite the fact, when we talk about his relationship with Jesus, despite the fact that Jesus Christ has done so much for him. And he said, every time the person, you thought about the person, he said he just had to remind himself what Jesus Christ had invested in him and how many times, despite that investment, he's let him down, he's done what have you. And he goes, he just helped to put things into perspective. Mm. And I think mm. it goes back to what Nisa was saying. When you think about how much God's done for you, it's a bit like, I haven't seen it in the, in the, in the readings yet. It's a bit like that parable where, you know, the king forgives the person who owes him so much money. And then later on, he sees somebody else who only owes him this much, but he's willing to hold him around the neck and mm. throw him into jail and his family for the, for the amount that's only this much. Mm. And, and whenever we're struggling, you have to remember that what we're talking about is this much. Mm. Um, but yeah, sometimes that's, that's a difficult perspective to get your head around when you're in the middle of the situation. Mm. Can I just maybe add on a little bit on this? And it's a comment that came in as well. Mm. Talking about forgiveness again, obviously, and, and, and betrayal. And it's raising a point, and I'll put a question as well. And the person said, but um, Olivia said, perhaps the forgiveness is also about remembering the blessings from the situation, whatever it may be, to the point where you almost forget the pain of the betrayal. Mm -hmm. Like, can forgiveness get to the point where, or should forgiveness get to the point where the pain of the betrayal um, is forgotten? Say the, que say the question again, sorry. Uh, it was a statement, but I'm kind of making a question out of it. It's, okay. It said, perhaps, the forgiven perhaps forgiveness is also about remembering the blessings from the situation, um, whatever it may be, to the point where you almost forget the pain of the betrayal. It's kind of a statement and a, I guess maybe an implied question as well. So my question to that would be, is forgiveness the feeling or is it something else? Because if forgiveness is the feeling and you haven't forgiven unless you feel like you've forgiven them, then, oh boy, I think many of us may be in trouble. Hmm. But if it's hmm. something, if forgiveness is something else, then, um, maybe, in fact, let, let's just unpack that a little bit. What is forgiveness? We may have touched on it before, but um, how would we define it? You had a definition, Lisa, earlier on debt. Yeah, the cancellation of debt. So mm -hmm. someone's debt towards you is wiped off. Someone's offence to you is not forgotten about. I wouldn't necessarily say forgotten about personally, but I would say released. The mm. person's no longer mm. caged within you. The offence is not held against them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so key, Nisa, what you just said there. Okay. The offence. So 
you've found so it's not you're not saying what they've done is okay what you're saying is what you've done is not okay mm. but despite the fact that it's not okay and i've acknowledged that it's not okay i found you guilty in my eyes mm. i've decided to extend you pardon mm. <laughs> and that's a choice that you've made so a, a question, another question or comments come in and bouncing off this is forgiveness in the eyes of betrayal, a one-time thing, or is it something that could be daily or weekly? Is it a process in that? I mean, is, is it a, is it a process that may continue or it's not just, I, I've done it and it's over. I, I think it's a process. I think there's some betrayals that run deep. And there's some betrayals that completely violate your personhood. So to, to forgive someone in, or to feel like, you know, it's done, it's over, can be really difficult. Um, and I, I think oftentimes we run to the wrong place. I was having a discussion today with one of my friends and she was saying oftentimes we run to friends, we run to other people instead of God. I think when we're feeling those types of feelings, which are natural, it's not for us to suppress, but it's to take it to God. And I think sometimes it might even highlight the fact that we haven't forgiven or that we are in a process of, of forgiving and allowing God to change us through that. I'd agree on the, the remedy, I guess, is that you suggested there, Nisa, because sometimes in that part of the vengeance for the betrayal is me going to my friends. Mm. I will let people know about your true character. Like I'm going to, I'm going to kind of broadcast your behavior so that people know not just what you did to me, but kind of maybe that's who you are as a person. Mm. Um, but you saying that to go to God then displays, I'd say, more of a virtue on my part, more of a kindness, more of the Holy Spirit in me that allows me not to take my, my issues to other people because they can't actually help me. Um, unless perhaps it's a therapist. Um, I better take it to God and he, through the Holy Spirit, can do a work in me. Um, that no friend could do. Mm. Mm. It's so easy to go to a friend, you know. Mm. Say, bro, you know what's going on? It's so easy to do that. Mm. And I think sometimes, and sometimes we've all seen it, where someone's blasted someone on social media because you just <laughs> want to let people know what's going on. Saw it the other day. Indirect. Indirect. Mm. Indirect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the indirect direct. <laughs> <laughs> Some you haven't mentioned any names. You haven't mentioned any names. <laughs> but everybody knows what time it is. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, <laughs> as young people, it's so easy to do that. But I think sometimes as, as, as Christians, you have to check yourself mm. and just think, you know what? Let's keep this thing realistic. Everyone's done some things that you wish or you don't want anybody else to know. Mm. And if Jesus Christ broadcasted my stuff, Today, I'd have to go and hide underneath a rock. And so, I mean, obviously, these things, it depends. I'm not talking about things that need to go to the police and stuff like that. Amen. But, Thank God. Um, you know, hopefully you understand what type of things I'm talking about. Um, so, I just feel like sometimes we're quick to go to everybody, social media, friends, whoever, mm -hmm. work colleagues. But I think we need to, when it comes to taking it to God, sometimes, maybe I'm just speaking about myself, I haven't got that same energy. Mm. I haven't got that same energy. 
So my thing is, what I'm thinking from this conversation is, when these things come up, and I think it just goes back to what Melissa was saying. I mean, what you said, Melissa, that is that's something that's, that's going to save me from this conversation. When these things come up, um, and these emotions come up, it's about having that choice. And in that moment, sometimes, whisper a silent prayer, Lord, mm. help me, I'm feeling mm. this. Yeah. And then I'm choosing to do this. And I feel like the more you do that, through the process of time, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, that's, 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 that's where I'm at with that. Got another question I just saw online that says, are we responsible for warning close friends if your friend could potentially be about to get hurt? Honestly, we're not talking, are we talking about abuse and stuff? We're not, are, we, are we moving away from that or are we talking about that? I think we've moved I mean, from that. I think, I think we've moved. The question just, the question just says hurt. It's, it's not asking, it's not specifying in, in what way. So I, I think, I think if the, uh, my response would be if there has been serious hurt in your life from a particular person and you see someone else maybe going down the same path you've gone, then, then yeah, you should warn them. Um, mm. And I, the thing is, I don't necessarily think a warning comes at the um, at the expense of making someone look like I don't, I don't know being portrayed in a very negative light. Mm. I think it's good to share your own experience because sometimes your experience of someone is not going to be the same as someone else's experience of them. So I think it's important to share if if it's appropriate to to share your own story but not necessarily to portray the other person as being some sort of a, a monster, for lack of a better term. And the motive, I think, is important. Like, why am I sharing this? Like, is it to get back? Is it to gossip? The spirit mm. in which you share it, I think, is important. Maybe pray about that too. If you want to do that, then pray that you have the right motives and intentions. Mm. And also, motive is key. To add to that, it's really about not looking at the person saying this person is whatever, but it's about their behavior, the specific behavior that you want to tell them about. This is the kind mm. of behavior that they exhibit, not this is the kind of person that they are. That's the two mm. very different things. It's hard mm -hmm. to separate the two sometimes. It really is, yeah. Yeah, I love that point when you made it yesterday, Melissa. Mm. I was thinking about the point betrayal. that came from Pastor Pad and Chenjirai as well. I'll carry on. Go ahead. Sorry. I was wanting to know, is it possible for us to betray God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're 100. Yeah. Um, like, maybe God... For example, Peter, how many times... I'm just thinking about my own actions have I denied Christ in word, mm -hmm. deed, given an example of someone who's supposed to know God, but then acting like I don't know him. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like maybe God was counting on me to say something in a particular mm -hmm. si situation or act a certain way in a particular situation. And um, I, I never came through. Um, yeah, I, I think, mm -hmm. I think that, that's a real thing that we do. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing that we do. So, so some, yeah. So sometimes we're talking about oh, this person's betrayed me, but we've all done the betraying. Mm. Hands up. You can see my hands. Mm. We've all done mm. the betraying. It's true. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Sorry, Pastor, you, you, was you going to say something? I don't know if that answers your question, Melissa. Yeah, I think so. Were you going to say something about... Pastor, you were going to say something? Yeah, this point can continue. Okay. Pastor Simon, you were going to say something? Was I? <laughs> you are open to like... I mean, I was just going to mention a point that came from Pastor Chenjirai, um, who's watching. We appreciate you watching as well, Pastor Chenjirai. It says, as we forgive, we need to understand that sometimes it can take a long time for an emotional wound to heal. Mm-hmm. And stay close to God for your healing and restoration. You can't be fully restored when you're far from God yourself. God mm-hmm. can restore you fully, so stay close to Him. So flat your own flesh or your own whatever cannot take over. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe good to kind of share some tools that we use to help us process our own feelings. I think sometimes that kind of reflection is important like what am I dealing with so that I can be honest with God so maybe like it's journaling or going to therapy perhaps if that, mm. that, that wound is deep like childhood trauma like some of the issues that you shared Adam um, from um, a message there are things that we can do as Christians it's not just like taking it to the Lord in prayer alone but there are there's a whole I imagine range of tools that perhaps we can use to help us process and get to a place where forgiveness and reconciliation are even on the table. Because sometimes mm. there's a lot of work that has to happen before that. So those are my two journaling and therapy. <laughs> hey, that's good, man. Um, journaling, you said. Uh huh. Mm. That's good. So I was totally going to say journaling. Thank you, Mel. (laughs) Uh, I'm still going to say it. Um, Journaling is one of mine. (laughs) Um, And painting would would be another one. Hmm. Seeking godly counsel, perhaps, like from people you trust, like mentors or your pasta mm. seeking God to counsel something um, just every now and again I think it's sometimes it's good just to it's going to sound so corny and so 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 such a tick box Christian answer but I just feel like it's real anyway um, and it's not to be ignored I just think every now and again, just spend some time just reflecting on what Jesus Christ has done for you. Mm. Um, and I feel like um, that's also part of the process of helping to release people. Um, mm. Reflecting on what Jesus Christ has done for you. And I feel like mm. the more you do that, that can, as, as alongside the journaling, and sometimes you need to see a therapist. Mm. Yeah. Um, talking to someone just this year, yeah. um, they've said they've really benefited from from going to see. Fer- like I, I recommended, maybe you need to do some see some see some speak to somebody, and um, they said they've really benefited from it. So those things are are key sometimes, just to help mm. process um, what's going on. Because sometimes you don't know what's going on in your own head. And mm. mm. um, just to help process some of those things. Mm. Mm. Got a question mm. that just came in. Does the church provide the sufficient resources for these processes? 
without it being made public? Oh, that's a good question. It's a good question. It may vary on the particular church you're from. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I In think, terms of... I think we struggle with it. Mm. Mm. Confidentiality. You know what? Yeah, confidentiality. Mm. I think not everybody's trained to keep things confidential. And I'm speaking as someone who works um, in therapy. I, I don't think confidentiality is a responsibility that everybody should be given. I think with things that are particularly pertinent to pain that's emotional, there should be designated people in the church that are trained to do that. And we actually have that in church. Um, and a lot of churches have it displayed on their notice boards, leaflets for counsellors within church, which I think are, are great people to get in touch with. And oftentimes they're not even connected to the church that you attend. So there is that resource. Mm, another person is, oh, sorry, anyone else want to comment on what I, the, the question I just gave? I was just going to add the end part of it not being shared with other people. I guess as a community of believers, we have a responsibility to kind of take that on. Like if someone comes to you in confidence and they came to you in confidence um, or just to respect that person kind of opened themselves up and became vulnerable. I hear you need to, that not everybody's trained to do that, but just putting yourself in their shoes. If they've come and spoken to you about their issue, they came to you and didn't have a Facebook status or they didn't come to you mm. and all of your girlfriends to talk about it. So I think that's important also to kind of respect that. And then you can take that person to God and intercede with God and talk to God about mm. it rather than them calling up your friend and being like, oh, isn't it awful? Guess what? No. Mm. Just in addition to that, as a community, I think we can do better when people do come to us and share. Because often I've heard people say, well, you shouldn't be feeling like that. And that's kind of a collective response. You shouldn't be feeling like that. You shouldn't have, and it's not constructive. It's just people are made to feel as though they have got no safe space to talk about these things within the church context. So we're not doing as well as we should be. But the question is, what else can we be doing? You know what? Beulah does a training. Beulah Plunkett, um, for those of you watching in the North England Conference, she does a training on counselling part one, counselling part two, you're not a professional counsellor when you finish. <laughs> so don't think you go on that. You've got your little certificate and then you can go around counselling people. <laughs> but it does start you on a journey um, on how to be a better listener. Um, and when someone speaks, she, she speaks in depth about confidentiality and things like those. Um, so how to be a better listener. She speaks about confidentiality and... Um, how you respond with the listening, um, she goes. Mm. And so it's, 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 only, it's, only an it's only an introductory thing, but say, um, I feel like, well, pass around this, this might be on the spot, but I feel like maybe that should even go into the, um, the youth leadership training. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That um, youth leaders get something on, just even if it's introductory, because I feel like youth leaders are going to be in situations in their local churches where you, the young people in the church are going to be going through different things, mm. um, real life situations. Yeah. And maybe they just need a bit of something. Just, to, I mean, just thinking about the question. Um, maybe we need to start with the young people. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that might be a channel that we can 
we can we can utilize. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree. And if we do find out, obviously we're in the COVID nineteen uh, new era. But if uh, if if there is any of that training coming up in the foreseeable future, we'll announce it tomorrow or the next day. I'll, I'll contact Bueller and see if she's got any specific webinar. things. <coughs> or even a webinar. Yeah, we can do. Mm -hmm. join her in. Yeah. Um, any other any other thoughts on on processing and, and and ways to do that? A few other comments that came on was reading the Bible, finding examples similar to the same situation as you've gone through. Mm -hmm. um, so you can read. That's helpful. Um, another person said you can express your feelings in poetry. Mm. Some people do that, yeah. Prayer, prayer journal, prayer and art. I love the creativity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are good, good things. Um, I mean, forgiveness is never something, it's not something that's easy. It's something I think as Christians we will struggle with until, until... Till we get yeah. to glory. Are there signs of unforgiveness that we can spot in our? Maybe we don't know that we haven't forgiven someone. Like to Alex's point, like when you, when do you know that it's done? But also, when do you know that it's not done? How do I know that I haven't forgiven someone? Mm. Okay. Mm. You're still out to get them. <laughs> you still talk about them. Mm. Oh. Uh, someone did, did comment mm. kind of on that, um, sent a message to me and said, if you keep thinking about the pain um, and what happened and it causes a certain feeling of anger, then you haven't truly forgiven. This is what one person messaged to me. Mm. I'm just throwing that out there. But can that come up? But I've chosen to forgive. Can that feeling arise? But I've mm. chosen. Like It could be in the oh, sense that like... Where where you you're, you're choosing to forgive is is your kind of your 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 you're grasping that by faith even if your feelings don't don't follow straight away. Mm. Kind of like when we we say to God, "I'm forgiven," and then we have to claim that by faith even if I don't feel forgiven in the moment. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Same with someone else. Like by faith, I'm, I'm I say I'm forgiven. I'm I'm claiming it, and you know. There's no warm, fuzzy feelings. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to make choices and then your feelings follow later. Mm. And I'm glad you said choices there because this forgiveness, sometimes we think it's a one-time event or I forgive you. But no, it's something that we need to go to Christ with again and again and again for days, weeks, months, and even longer. And we just need to recognize mm -hmm. It's true because you could have a situation where you've kind of numbed yourself to the situation by, by shutting yourself down um, mm. to a particular situation or person, and you haven't. Mm. And it, it could all come exploding out later on. And I think we should ask God to show us our blind spots, but also be ready for His answer. Yeah. yeah. Right, just for. Um, Dylan's just put you can't remember but you remain at peace like Peter walking on that water during the storm 
True. Peace can come. Amen. Peace can come. There's a lot we've dealt with tonight. And in some ways, we've still only scratched the surface. Mm. So for those of uh, people who've been tuning in and listening, we know that forgiveness is the real thing. And we pray that um, that you're able to, um, with God and other godly people, work through forgiveness that needs to be worked through, whether it's giving or receiving. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> There are lots of comments still coming through. People are really into this. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Um, Someone said there's some good Adventist okay. counsellors out there. and Maybe we can f- get some names and post them somewhere. Yeah. So mm. if you're a counsellor or know someone, then, then we drop at them in the comments or send us a message. Does anyone have a Bible promise they want to share on this subject before we kind of wrap things up? With, with it kind of coming to a close tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow we're looking at, ah, tomorrow we're going to be looking at, it's not necessarily directly dealt with in the reading, um, but we're going to be looking at something, some of you guys may have heard of the different types of apology or the different languages of apology, and we're going to be looking at the life of, of David as well he went through a lot of situations where he either needed to forgive others or he needed to be forgiven. And so we're going to be delving a little bit more into the life of David and, and that connection to forgiveness in relation to also the different types of ways we can give forgiveness or receive forgiveness as well. My favorite promise um, is in John chapter, first John chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and I think it just connects well with um, Pastor Simon's opening talk um, on what we have to Christ mm. Mm. that's nice mm. um, one that came to mind was Zechariah 4 6 because um, maybe like I've been trying to forgive I've been trying to forgive but maybe sometimes I don't know you're trying to do it in your own strength or whatever Zechariah 4 verse 6 it says not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Mm. And so just know what the source of forgiveness is. Mm. Your own forgiveness and your ability to forgive others. Amen. And making sure you go to the source. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, let's, let's close with a time a little of prayer. And if anyone else has a, anyone else have a Bible promise before we do that? Yeah, I just want to go to Psalms 51. Uh, okay. David's, David's prayer of repentance. Going from verse 10, reading from verse 10, and it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then mm-hmm. I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be covered, converted to you. Mm. So, you know, it, 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 it goes further than just um, us and ourselves. It's, it's really about the whole salvation pro- pro- process. Um, 
So when we're asking for forgiveness, we're asking for forgiveness so that we can do something. So this mm. is about sharing God with other people. It's not just about, well, I feel good or I feel right or we've made our relationship right. It goes even deeper than that. It's about them being able to perhaps share that experience with other people to let them know that there is forgiveness that can come from for them as well. Mm. Uh, for me, it's Isaiah 43, 25. It says, I, even I, um, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. I think um, just thinking about who God is and this standard that he sets for us um, and remi him reminding us that he blots out our sin um, and being reminded of what Jesus has done for us and that being set as the example for what we are to do for other people. Um, yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you. I just want to share um, Acts 3.19, um, which talks about God, our sins with God. It says, repent, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out when the time of refreshing comes from the Lord. And I think it's important for us to seek the forgiveness of God so that at that time, everything's wiped clear. Um, Appreciate all the comments, everybody who's commented via Facebook or sent messages in in other, in other ways. We really appreciate it. Some great thoughts. Thank you for engaging with us on this platform. Before we do close, though, we'd like to have um, uh, some, some prayers. I'm going to ask one person to pray for what we've talked about this evening. And then, as we did yesterday, we pray for something relating to the crisis the world is going through right now. Yesterday, we prayed for students and their exams. Today... If someone could pray for um, our healthcare professionals and people who are on the front lines, uh, I think all of us are books for the National Health Service. And my my mother's seventy three, and she's working every night, uh, three nights a week in the hospital. And uh, at least what she's told me that the hygiene protocols are pretty. Um, rubbish and they don't have any aprons they don't have any face masks their nurses are switching from ward to ward to ward to ward to ward and may the good lord help us that there's not enough you know that things keep under control so if we could keep our healthcare professionals in prayer and that they're protected um, and someone else if they could pray for what we've talked about tonight so we'll just bow heads whoever wants to take up each one take one up and then we'll, we'll close after Father in heaven, we come unto you this evening. God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for Jesus who died on the cross for us. God, I thank you for the opportunity for us to gather online and for giving us the means to be able to do this. Um, I thank you for the stuff that we've been talking about this evening around forgiveness um, and the embrace and being able to have our arms wide open, God, in order to extend forgiveness to other people. Lord, I ask that you'd help each person who is in hearing of this prayer, God, to just have a deeper relationship with you, God, and to really seek to do your will and not be after um, what we would want and what we would want to accomplish. I also pray that you'd help us to be a people who do not repay evil for evil, um, mm. but just like Jesus has forgiven us that we would forgive other people and I pray that daily we would pick up our cross and die to our own woundedness God no matter how painful that may be but above all else God I ask that we would 
acknowledge that we cannot do this in our own strength, but it can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for more of the Spirit in each of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God, we come to you this evening thankful for life and health and strength, God, that you've given to each of us to be able to meet here this evening. We praise you, God, because you're a protector and you're a provider and a sustainer. Father, we just present before you this evening all of the healthcare workers across our country um, who are working tirelessly, Lord, putting themselves out in really vulnerable situations and circumstances to meet the needs um, of those that are sick. God, we thank you for their willing spirit, Lord, and we ask a special blessing on them tonight. We ask, God, that you would uphold them with your mighty hand, Father, that you would keep them safe, Father, um, in the face um, of this illness, um, COVID-19. God, we pray, Lord, um, for those that are within our church community who are working, those who are elderly and who have returned from re um, retirement even, to continue supporting the NHS. God, we just pray, God, that you put your hedge of protection around them, Father, um, mm -hmm. that they would feel... Um, secure father in you father and that you give wisdom to our leaders of the country who mm. are making decisions um for the good of us all lord we pray especially um for our prime minister we pray for um the senior healthcare officials lord who are making decisions father we pray for our manufacturing sector father who are <clears throat> trying to um to design ventilators and to um, produce more masks and protective equipment for those on the front lines. God, we just pray, Lord, that we would remember that you are sovereign, Father, and that those things seem difficult and they may seem chaotic, God, that you still sit on the throne, Lord, um, and that you are um, your eyes on each one of us, Father. So we do not need to fear or worry um, because the sparrows don't have to worry for food for them, nor do the, the plants, Father, but you will provide for each of their needs, Father. So we pray that we will trust you in this time um, that you'll be with us and continue to sustain us. We thank you, thank you, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. Um, tomorrow, we'll be back at 7.30, though we do go live at around 7.15, just to give people an opportunity to join us. And then our presentation goes live, starts at 7.30. So do join us sometime between 7.15 and 7.30. And look out for the questions on Instagram stories and on our Facebook stories and respond to that throughout the day. And then that forms a part of our discussion each night as well. So thank you, everyone. God bless. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.